0: Welcome to Food Add, the podcast that explores the vital role food plays in the classroom. Join us as we dive into the latest research, share best practices, and hear from experts in the field. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive. Let's become food educated together. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Food Ed podcast. My name is Svetlana Elgart, and I am your host for today. Today, we have with me Ala Matusev, who is the CEO of Ivy League Royal Academy. Welcome, Ala. What a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for making it out here. And given us your time we're very excited to talk to you so um, if you can give our thank you Um, if you can give our audience uh, some background on you uh, what you're currently doing your passion and your favorite food for us oh my god (laughs) favorite food
1: that's the hardest part so uh, I set up my private school uh, a little bit long time ago, it's brand new right now. Name, we moved to new location. Uh, it was lots of changes, like always in every single business. So, before that, we were called uh, um, Green School of Hollywood. My son created this name because the school was created for him originally. But then, when several years ago the marijuana became legal in California, people started to call me and ask, Oh, is this a school that teaches how to raise uh, marijuana? So, I was forced to change it because I'm doing this. (laughs) I don't want my kids to know and to be exposed to all of that information so that's why we change and we love the name everybody loves the name because uh my goal is to really help children to receive the best education and um i believe that people are so talented so incredible smart but unfortunately not always receive the right education to show all their talents and their passion and everything. And this is sad for me, because in the countries that has everything, we cannot really educate children. That's very sad part for me. And um, some of my goals as the biggest goal, uh, several years ago, I received a boy who was autistic. He came to me at age three, and the only things he was doing, sitting in the corner and crying. And we worked very hard, at age six, he was already reading Harry Potter. And he is the first one that took high school proficiency exam at age 11 and passed it in a first attempt. So I think from just crying to passing high school proficiency exams that designed for uh, students from age 16 to 18, and he did it at age 11, I think it's fantastic now my favorite wow okay is it that's that's amazing now my favorite food um it's very hard to say i'm not like a big eater originally i would say probably potato i love potato but i don't eat it anymore uh probably (laughs) today i'm gonna name a food which sounds a little bit expensive but I have a whole history with this food. It's caviar. So uh, if you look even at the FDA, uh, it's approved by FDA Uh, for um, infants. And I literally face it when my son was just a baby when he was born because I was born, and my husband, my husband, we were born and raised in Kiev. And you know that it was Chernobyl's catastrophe. And right after the catastrophe, we had a very serious and very disturbing uh, issues with children. Very many of them not just had cancer. They had grown-ups, diseases. They had heart attacks, strokes, and everything. Of course, it's all caused by um, Chernobyl's. But my pediatrician was so great. He was invited all over the world to do different consultation. And he said to me, Allah, you have to give to your child black caviar because before five, don't give red one. After five, you can use red one before five, it shall be black one. And he gave me a recipe how to do that. So my son practically grew up on that because we were so scared that some of the diseases he can have and i cannot have another child and for me to lose my the only one it would be unacceptable in this world so this guy saved my son my son thanks god pretty healthy everything is perfect but later on it saved me because i had four uh, surgeries uh, open body surgeries in my body i don't have four organs in my body and uh, a doctor at age 17 when i was 17 he he said to me you're gonna be in a good health for another 17 years in the 17 years you are the only one kidney gonna start to you know fall apart and you're gonna be sick you will need as a surgery transplantation and i said no way i don't believe you because i'm a physiologist one of my master's degrees. I'm a scientist, i biologist, physiologist of human being and animals. And um, I said, no way, I'm gonna treat myself. I don't go to doctors. Everything is done by myself. And thanks God, today I'm gonna be soon 63 and I'm in a perfect health. And caviar, one of them, because majority of my years, I lived on the B12 shots. Pills do not help, just shots. It really was helping me but then when i start to consume a tablespoon of a caviar every day i don't need any more any shots i don't need any more any artificial vitamins uh, caviar like an egg it's an egg fish egg it's contained all micro elements and all vitamins that you need to support your health so one tablespoon and yogurt. I wish I had a school and fundraising and everything that we can provide that for children. So, but unfortunately, it's not yet. We we'll hope it's gonna go to that
0: level. Wow, wonderful. So, you eat a teaspoon of black caviar every Tables day to this spoon. day?
1: Tables, a tablespoon.
0: Well, you eat one ta- one tablespoon every day. Yes uh and you, you you okay black caviar yeah. and wh- uh, like which which caviar so are you eating
1: sometimes black sometimes red uh it depends some red are very good and according to fdi the um, uh all the components are identical it just uh, red caviar not good for kids before 5 that's my pediatrician said and I have the story with my son when I gave him red one, and then we have to take some special medication. So black one is much, much softer in this case. Yeah. So um, it's, again, the story. I helped one guy with his grandchild in education, so now I can buy the caviar practically by the wholesale price. And very often it's uh, wild beluga or it's uh, wild asiotra. Wild is the best. Very good. very good you understand yeah, when it's a cold river yes, very tough environment yes, the caviar is the best this episode is brought to you by Rainbow Chefs Academy Rainbow Chefs Academy provides turnkey nutrition and wellness training for schools home based and after school programs for more information please check the link in the show notes or visit rainbowchefsacademy.com and now back to the show
0: what makes ivy league royal academy stand out from other schools and what is the mission of your school
1: oh the mission is very interesting it's uh, inspire the children that will inspire the world that's our mission. Uh, we're different because we have accelerated educational program. I have lots of kids in entertainment industry and for them to pass California high school proficiency exam is one of the most important things because when you pass the test it does not matter what age you allowed to work full-time and you allowed to study full-time at university or college. So this is like a very special and very uh, many kids in entertainment, they have to work and they have to work very hard. Everybody thinks that entertainment, oh, it's so much fun and great money, but it's a really, really hard work. So, and uh, for those kids to pass a test is very essential. One of my students, Isabel May, right now pretty big star on the Netflix. She is a leading, uh, has a leading role in the uh, original series 1883, it seems to be. The whole show was changed for her. But she came to me at age 15, and at age 15 and a half, she passed high school proficiency exam that allowed her attorney to sign full-time job contract in her first show with Netflix, which was for teenagers. It's called Alex and Katie. The other, my very interesting uh, student, he was 12, when he came to me at age 12 and a half. He passed California high school proficiency exam as well just in six months. And because of that, he started to do, he is a great dancer. He was in uh, Dancing with the Star Junior, uh, junior audition, uh, one of the pros, and we went to CBS seen recording him and dancing fantastic but now he's making songs being in a movie everywhere and because he started very early he is a very uh, very big um uh, youtuber a blogger on youtube and on the other hand right now he's making songs with timberlake you name it huge huge name right now growing very quickly so and as of my students I hope soon it's going to happen, and we're going to know I hear her. Oh, she's a okay. singer, wow. and she's going to be, we hope, part of the voice. She's chosen for the voice. Yes. And, yes, and it's very, very important for kids. I don't have only entertainment. I have some guys who uh, want to be, uh you know, in, in it, et, uh, in, uh, it, mm-hmm. in technology with computer works to do programs, coding, all of that stuff. So um, it's very different. Uh, kids who wants to achieve something in the medicine field, they too come into me. I designed school personally for my own son and he wanted to be in entertainment, but we guide him say, first become an entertainment attorney. And then when you're going to have connections, see
0: maybe you change your world and <laughs> gonna
1: do something wonderful
0: different. what a, a very nice uh, motherly approach yet probably works for many children um do you currently have any health and wellness and nutrition initiative in the school any education that your school provides on health wellness and nutrition at this time or or not really
1: um we uh, on a regular basis, because we have biology uh, with students, we're always talking about food and everything. I don't do that like a specific subject for parents, but I am starting my own podcasting about education, and I'm sure it's going to be part of it because... Uh, Sometimes I see, you know, kids coming with lollipops in the mouses and everything early in the morning. And for me, it's very, very, very sad and disturbing, you know, so especially in the morning how you can give a candy to a child. But again, it's sometimes probably easier. And uh, I'm working right now on a recipe to make um, like lollipops, something but healthy, not to have that much sugar. in in those lower parts, because it's kids. I totally understand they want those candies, but they have to be healthy. (laughs)
0: Uh, Are are you aware of uh, the rising numbers that we have in US in diabetes and obesity in the kids? Um, And what do you think, you know, being in education for this long and having a school um, of your own, what do you think would be the best approach for us as a community to offset diabetes and obesity in our next generation, what 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 are your thoughts on the subject? Of course,
1: uh, step number one would be to raise new generations that totally understand and can control themselves. So, because the minute the child is introduced to candies it's very hard to stop, it's like an addiction. Because we understand, because it's make people happy, serotonin is produced, (laughs) and of course, people want more and more. And that's a sad story because majority of the kids cannot control themselves, and they continue to consume more and more sweets. And of course, it can destroy their health and in the future their life. Because if you don't have health, how you're gonna live, how you're gonna work, how you can do all the stuff that you're supposed to do or would love to do.
0: So uh, you're, you're saying that as a community and as educators, we should bring awareness to on health, wellness, and nutrition to the kids and into our schools kind of, right? That's what you think would work well. And
1: parents as well, yeah. Parents as well, It cannot be separated because It's just two sides of the same process. If parents gonna continue to feed children uh, with candies and everything in school, saying it's a no, we're going to confuse the child. So we have to be on the same side. Because there is nothing worse in this world than confused brain of a child. And the child does not know what to do. However, I've seen several very sad stories when the parents literally removes... um, meat from the kids diet. And uh, they forcing kids just to eat what they giving to them. And then the child see the other kids have different food. And at the beginning they asking and they trying the other food and they love it. They coming home and they telling parents, oh, I tried to do this and it's so delicious. And parents are very mad with them. And then the child is learning and telling me, oh, I'm gonna try this, but I'm not gonna tell my parents. So in this case, we can see that right at the beginning, at the early childhood, the friendship between parents and children are destroyed. The minute you destroy that friendship, it's yes. very hard to restore it. So you have to listen, even if you don't like that your child uh, did that, Try still to be nice and be supportive and then say, you know what, you can try, but just don't eat too much. Because from my life experience, I know it's not what, it's how much and very often how. So those words gives you. You cannot protect child completely from the sweets and everything. They're still going to be all around us. If we will be able to find a solution and make them in a healthy way, That's one story, but it's gonna be probably for a while. It's not gonna happen. So that's why I wouldn't do that because um, there is another point for me when people, you know, uh, it's only maybe like 15 years ago, everybody started to go crazy about organic food. And I'm not saying don't buy and don't eat organic food, but if you have to eat inorganic, just normal food, just it's okay, why? One of my favorite movie is called The Princess Bride. And in that movie, there is a game. I did not know how, what is the name of that in uh, English. I knew in Russian. So, but in English, I learned from this movie. It's called The Game of Wits. So, uh, one of the guy, the main character, he joined some pirates ship and he was trained for five years. He trained his body to take, uh, poisonous stuff. And if you recall, during medieval time, in every single royal family in Europe, everybody was taking a little bit of poisonous stuff because uh, killing your relatives—a husband, a wife, a son, whatever it is—with poisonous was very common things. So the only way to pro- protect yourself it was to try the poison so, uh, things every day for certain years, and then when somebody is really trying to poison you, so. You're not gonna die. You're gonna be sick, you're gonna vomit, you're gonna be, uh, in very uncomfortable mm-hmm. condition, but you're gonna survive that because your body gonna learn how to fight that, uh, uh poisonous stuff. So it's the same for me, like it's too much over protecting kids from if they touch something and then they put hand in the mouth, little babies, parents, Screaming and yelling, oh, don't put your hands in the mouse. Oh my God, you're gonna get sick. No, vice versa. Human being I studied this at university, we survived as human being because kids were putting their dirty hands in the mouse or whatever it is they touch in the mouse. I call it natural immunization because in a small <laughs> yes. amount, when it's getting to your body, your body learn how to fight it then when it's going to come a, a real pandemic situation your body going to be ready for that but the more you put uh, all of those alcohols on your hands uh, and children's hands it's not going to help it's going to vice versa and make your child's body very fragile so i would avoid that
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. well um I, 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 I like the way that you think, and um, I like the way that you explain and how much experience it, it shows that you have working with children and parents, and it's uh, truly wonderful um, to meet you. Um, I, you know, I'd love for you to become partners in health with us which Partners in Health is basically what I'm trying to put together is a community of educators and companies that get involved in bringing health, wellness, and nutrition to schools and in an educational manner. Because I think one of the ways that we can solve, as you were talking even, is really through education. So I hope you will um, become partners in health with us. I will, us. Join. I will okay. join. Oh, thank you. Thank you, yeah, Alex. I will join, And um, And I'm going to send you a backpack. Um, I will send you an email, get your address, but as a thank you on being on the podcast, I will send your backpack, and I want to uh, make sure you and I will stay in touch, and I think that what you provided today for our listener was extremely valuable um, and I really appreciate your time. It was really, really nice to meet you, to interview you, and um, I loved your energy and your leadership. Um, I thank you for your time, and I will be in touch with you. Okay? Thank you so much, Allah. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive while becoming a food-educated together. We will see you next week on Food Ed.